and welcome wherever you are listening from. This is the 212 Podcast, a podcast that does a deep dive into the music abyss that is the arts and entertainment industry. Our next guest on the podcast is a Brazilian MVP, Musica Popular Brasileira, rock, soul and funk and jazz musician. He came from a musical bloodline being the nephew of Brazilian legend Tim Maia. Along with that, he has produced soundtracks, been nominated for a Latin Grammy, an avid record collector, 30,000 strong record collection, as well as touring and working with artists from all around the globe. As well as this, he also has more funk and jazz in his shirt and clothes cupboard than a Miles Davis greatest hits. Please welcome to the podcast, Ed Motta. How are you and where are you today? Yeah, I'm fine. I like that about the t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. Every every picture you see, Ed, you're in you're in some funky funky outfit. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, you're right. There's lots of them, lots of them. But soul, funk, jazz, rock, and and some TV series too. I mean, lots of them. <laughs> we do we do we do always start the podcast about, about talking about how you got uh, into the industry. And I guess you know, obviously, as I mentioned there, you know, Tim being like a you know, a big part of that for you probably as well. But how did your love for music? Were your parents listening to music as well? It seems kind of ingrained in the Brazilian nature, you know? Yeah, in my house, there, there was no records at all. My my father and my mother, they used to, to like music. They were more into cinema. That is something that influenced my life strongly. So for them, they they showed me more Fellini, Jacques Tati, Jean Cassavetes. It was more about movies for my father and my mother. Of course, they they loved Bossa Nova. They were strictly into Bossa Nova. They were not into international music. And when I grew up, in, in the early 70s, my parents, they used to say that the, the very, very first record they gave me as a gift was Stevie Wonder Talking Book because You Are the Sunshine of My Life was a huge hit in, in Brazil, I mean, all over the planet in, in that year, 1970-something. And then I started, started to listen to that and to play acoustic guitar, and to learn music, and it was natural because music was strong in the family, because my grandfather, right, the uh, Timaya fathers and my mother's fathers, my mother was uh, Timaya's sister, right? And music was super strong in this family, and very strong indeed. And then, yeah, I started to, to learn and to listen to things to uh, to I remember back to the um late 70s early 80s when I started to to play acoustic guitar I was trying to get the songs from the radio I mean that those those same jargons from everybody you know <laughs> or I started started in the church or Listen songs from the radio uh, and things like this. I am and part I, of the job together. 
and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm assuming that 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 obviously you, with with your, you know, you said your parents listening to to kind of move or watching movies more. Was it English movies or Brazilian movies? Did they speak English? Obviously, soundtracks. No, you were no, no, it, 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 no. It was it was more European movies, pretty much European movies. Fellini, Truffaut, Antonioni, Rossellini. All of this material and some U.S. stuff like John Cassavetes, Frank Capra, Billy Wilder, the classic USA cinema. But yeah, it wasn't Brazilian movies at all. It was overseas material. And was that was that unusual amongst your friends at school and stuff, or? No, not at all, because in that period, that generation, of course, in, in the school, I grew up on a middle-class school, and most of, most of the guys and the families, everybody was looking for, for the States. That's, that's, the, that's the life of South America and pretty much Brazil, I mean. Brazil started to look to Brazil after 2000, I might say so. I mean, before 2000, my generation and the, the generation before, we grew up thinking that, I mean, we must learn what U.S. has, has to say. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and regarding TV series, movies and things. So the, the uh, pure expression, expression of the art, for example, okay, the plastic arts, uh, graphic arts, and literature, these guys, they had more space, but the cinema had no space at all. Not the same space as Bossa Nova, for example, you know. So who were your idols, who were your idols growing up then, if, in, that, in that era or or who were the people that you kind of looked up to? Yeah, in that era, very young. I mean, it was a blend of things. I mean, it was the first artist that I collected in my life and, and started to, to, to be obsessed was Earth, Wind and Fire. And I remember when they played here, they played in Rio in, in 19... 79, 1980, I was there with my father and my mother, and it was huge. It was huge. It was huge. And, yeah, it was earth and fire. And, and, and right after came a rock influence in, in my life because I had a, a, a rock band after playing drums and things, and then came Led Zeppelin, Jeff Beck, and blah, blah, blah. And then because Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck sent me back to the soul music and things. And then jazz. And then because of jazz, I started to listen to, to Brazilian music, to the music of my country, because of jazz, because Bill Evans. Yeah, because you weren't actually listening to, to, to Brazilian music up until that point, were you? No, no, no. Bill Evans teach me that. Uh, uh, playing Minha from Francis Heim. And it, 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 it wasn't on, not only me, but 
a huge part of my generation was into it. In, you know, I'm I'm from '71, so I, I would have thought that you would have had like Brazilian influences, given that you, with your uncle, you know, I would have thought there might have been kind of famous names that might be potentially around, and then that kind of leans into your your love and desire for uh, Brazilian music, but that's that's not the case, is it? Yeah, because, you know, a funny thing, he's like the um, Brazilian René Gare, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like for example, René Gare, she, she, she makes U.S., Afro-U.S. music, but in Aust- Australia. She, she, it's not Austra- Australian, Australian music. Right, Australian music. It's not that. It's something international. But since Brazil has something strong musically, we expect that. I think Ching Maya music, because his idols were not artists from the country. His idols were Sly Stone, Isley Brothers, Curtis Mayfield. These were the guys that Ching Maya was were, was listening. I mean, he wasn't listening to the music of the country at all. And I mean, and you said you said you said there as well about the you know being in kind of Brazilians' veins. This is a, a serious question. Brazilians are known for their kind of joy of life, music, dancing. It's a kind of a stereotype. But do you know any Brazilians that don't love dancing and music? Oh man, a lot. Because I I grew up in Tijuca. Tijuca is an an important neighborhood in Rio for record collecting because there's no beach. There's no beaches. It's far. It's not far from the sea, but by Rio standards, it's far from the sea. It doesn't have that Hawaii atmosphere from the other areas. So it's very cosmopolitan, very, I mean, people from Tijuca doesn't like to dance. People like rock black t-shirts <laughs> and and blues i mean this is this is the area i grew up i mean i grew up on a neighborhood that i nobody was was listening to uh but never but like never i i learned about this to be honest man through london through an, an international eye I mean, through through a DJ from London saying, "Oh, it's exotic and things." I mean, but for for my generation, we grew up thinking, "No, the right, the right is Jimmy Page, the right is Stevie Wonder." Really, there's some people that doesn't think that, but there's a huge part of. I mean, there's a lots of people that loves jazz and things. And then right, I mean, not right after, but after, I remember my my very first tour to Europe in 1992. And when I came back from Europe, I started to pay attention to lots of things that I was like, oh, oh this is interesting because for me, it was too much part of the stereotype, rhythmically, visually, the lyrics, everything, you know, the atmosphere. And then I started to pay attention somehow with that kind of international eye too. 
of me because I grew up in Tijuca. I didn't grow up in, on the beach. I mean, like dancing and eating seafood, you know. <laughs> but but I think I think that's I think that's probably a good example. I mean, naively with a with a population as large as Brazil, you know, you would you'd expect that those there's pockets like you say that are into to kind of rocket rock and you know I spoke to someone yeah. from, from India where they mentioned you know Pune with with, with like massive rock scene, uh, yeah. you know those yeah. populations that are massive you'd you'd expect that. But I think I think I don't think people are. As as aware, maybe naively, I would think of like America. America's kind of quite an insular uh, place, really. They don't kind of think about what maybe that there would be that desire. But every rock band that does yeah. come to South America, they they tour every single country, don't they? Yes, 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 yes. It's like, man, uh, um, um, I remember, and um, I am um, a, I'm eighties generation, right? I am was born in 71 but rock was and it's still it's and it's still huge in brazil like a lot people can't imagine i mean it's uh, i mean it's really really huge I mean, classic bands i mean this 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 kind of thing I mean, when it comes deep purple for the country I mean, nothing's bigger than this <laughs> It's it's funny, I mean, because but there's something that we I, I might say the new generation, uh, the millennial generation, I mean, these guys are paying right attention to Brazilian culture in general. Cinema, movies, painters, everything, you know. They are absolutely absorbing the culture of the country. How does that? How does that make you feel? I guess, given your what you've mentioned about how you brought up, you were brought up as well. Um, um, it's interesting. I'm only waiting um, something really interesting to to happen musically because I love the music of the country, but musically. There's nothing that I like, but not only in Brazil, I mean, all over the globe, there's nothing new that I, that I really owe. This is worth of five minutes, three minutes of my day, I mean, <laughs> really not. Uh, I mean, there's some things that I think, ah, it's okay, I mean, but it's comparing. I mean, one of the things that I miss the most is composition composition because uh, technically there's people playing technically perfect and blah 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 and there's lots of these technicist things I mean from schools and blah 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 but the composition composition lyrics and and and, and songwriting I think it's, it's kind of I mean I miss this I miss uh, a, a great composition like, like Burt Backrack or like, um, like these guys. I mean, do you like think? Jimmy do you think, do you think technology's probably played its part in that? Yeah, somehow, somehow, it was already in the late seventies that people started to, I mean, to think in in another way <clears throat> of producing pop music, but 
after the mid-80s, I hear this on the albums, right? We hear there's, there's a, a decreasing, artistic decreasing, I think so, a bit. Um, you mentioned you mentioned a little bit that, that earlier there as well about the the kind of growing up and and, and the the kind of area that you grew up in. I wanted to talk to you about where you grew up, and in, in again in in parts of Brazil, like anywhere, there there are kind of the rough edges, the crime space, the growing up and that ability to be pushed or moved into a different way of life for a, for a child. What was your upbringing like in terms of your surroundings of Rio? Could life have turned out differently for you? Did you have friends that chose a different path? And Yeah, Tijuca, Tijuca is a very traditional neighborhood that, um, yeah, I lived there till, um, till, till 18 years old. And then I came to, to, this, to, to the area I live until today for years, close to Close to the close to the to the forest and things. In that period, man, uh, late seventies was very different in Brazil. Late seventies, there was something more naive in the late seventies here. I remember, but early eighties started something more violent because lots of things, because money, because cocaine, because I mean. Another era, UP era, and it was more violent. It was more my teenage years. Yeah, I remember well. And were you kind of shielded from that because you kind of you had like this this love and desire for music, and you wanted to kind of have that? But or, or were there were there people that were kind of getting into the wrong scenes, and that that's something that you could possibly have got into, or you feel like that you were kind of destined to be a musician and stay away from that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was, I cannot say, uh, I, I'm not selfish because I'm, I'm too Leo, too egocentric to be selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough Leos around me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was, I mean, since, since forever, very much self-contained. If, 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 I mean, very much... My my group of friends was always me. I had friends, but it was always my thing. I mean, my hangout was always me. And when I when I met Adna, my girlfriend that became my wife uh, since 1990, man, my gosh! So my life became me and Edna, and and that's it. I mean, it's like this. I mean, oh, like. Happy New Year to anybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that like, something something that is a solo pursuit as well is a lot a, a lot of videos and images of you with your kind of beloved record collection. You know, you got thirty thousand is what I what I'm what I'm hearing, but I, I I don't know if you've actually got a count of it. But when did you yeah. when did when did you actually start that? I started that in the early eighties with. Earth, Wind, and Fire collection, and then hard rock albums, and like uh, complete Led Zeppelin first because it, Led Zeppelin was m- my Earth, Wind, and Fire, <laughs> and then came blues and soul and catalogs, 
books, guides, and all the nerdy memorabilia related to record collecting. I mean, because, okay, uh, 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 for example, inside record stores and people that I used to meet, some of the people, they were this kind of nerdy record collecting. They were not, because this DJ scene, it started to happen pretty much after my generation. I mean, I, I'm seven, I am 51. I mean, internationally, it's my generation. But in Brazil, it was after. It was, I remember, it wasn't, we, 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 we couldn't see any, any guy that was a DJ or something. Everybody was like, or a musician, or nerdy, crazy nerdy, without a girlfriend, lots of records, <laughs> guide, encyclopedia, and things. It wasn't related to hang out and dance and never, never, never. It was always a nerdy thing, catalog, encyclopedic, you know. I was always in, in, in the middle of this scene. <laughs> I hate scene, man. I hate when I hear, <laughs> hear scene. I, I, this is a scene of something, you know. I, 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 I'm too cynical with all of these things. So scene, when I hear, oh, Ed Mata is on a, something like the now jazz scene. Oh my gosh. I hope not. I mean, <laughs> 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 I remember seeing a video of, of Jay Diller's friends going through his collection and archives and talking about the records they used to listen to and and I wonder how much time you actually get to sit and and listen to music because I, I guess I, I feel like I want to do the same uh, more than than I do and um, I wondered if yeah. you get the opportunity now to, to kind of like pull, pull some records out and, and sit down and just relax with yes them. yes 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 uh, today today I started today picking up some records like three four records I'm gonna listen to this once clean these guys because I have to clean them before with the record cleaning machine the proper cleaning machine German <laughs> one you know nerdy you know and then, oh, let me clean out. There's a needle for this type of music, a needle for that kind of record, a needle for that, you know. If it's a Japanese record, I'm going to use EMT barcode, cartridge, and, knee, and needle. And if it's a funky album, sure, needle. And if it's another thing, something more noisy, I'm going to use autophone. So, yeah, craziness. But you really, never... you really go to the intricacies of it, uh, Ed. <laughs> like you really go yeah, to like. A the... <laughs> yeah, a lot, and it's like never go, never going out with a record, like like never, because one of these days someone was in, inviting me for some photographs and something, and someone said, "Ed, you need to take out the plastics of the records." I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm out of." of out of the out of the session i never take out the plastic except <laughs> if i have to listen to the to that thing and then we take no 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 records without plastics i mean too much paranoia 
And I use that Nagaoka, man, that one that you have to seal and everything. You know? <laughs> and what, what were you listening to today? Today, it, it was, uh, I, uh, um, I was listening to Barry Mann, the guy that wrote You've Lost That Love and Feeling for the Writers Brothers. And he wrote also Just Once for Quincy Jones, but he has albums as uh, a singer, composer, uh, Barry Mann and, and, and Cynthia Wheel, the, the famous famous couple, uh, composers. And I was listening to uh, uh, the song, Too Many Mondays in My Life, to start the day. <laughs> <laughs> Too Many Mondays in My Life. Yeah, yeah, Barry Mann. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's on ABC, yeah, with all of those session musicians. and Yeah. If you, God forbid... God forbid it ever happens, but if there was a fire and you could only have to grab three records that you've got, what would they be? I think I know mine, but what would yours be? Ah, if I have to choose three, Steely Dan Asia, Steely Dan Gaucho, Donald Fagan Nightfly. Two Steely Dan. <laughs> three. Yeah, three. right. Like, yeah, like um, two Steely Dan's. Aja and Gaucho in one fig and solo, night flying. That's it. I, I have everything there. I have the best lyrics ever, the best songwriting, wonderful chords, wonderful solos, jazz, rock, a kind of rock hash. I'm, I'm not going to say rock attitude because it's horrible, right? <laughs> like, it's like scene, right? Attitude, scene. Digging. <laughs> All of this is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, this is. But these guys has you know that that bitnik attitude, you know that that cynical thing, you know that's that. Um, I love them. Have you done Have you done any sampling with your with your records? Oh no, my gosh, never. I was, thinking what, I was thinking, what do you think? I was thinking, what do you think of that? Like, we were talking about Jay Dilla. I've mentioned Jay Dilla so many times in, in other episodes, but I do love it. But it's, yeah. what do you think of the sampling um, component in, in music? I'm not a great fan of it, man, because I, I believe on this thing that we need to construct music from, from zero. I mean, from, from, okay, we have a drum. A drummer, or it's better to have a bad drummer than a great sampler. I think so, man. Uh, uh, to have a, a, the, the worst drummer in the world instead of, a, I mean, of a great sampler of Bernard Purdy, because it's not him playing for that for that reason. I am kind of stealing his thing. Just a piece. I mean. I'm not a great fan. It's 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 like going to to Picasso and adding adding um, a different color to a to a paint or I, I have an album from 1997 that has samples that has samples, but not because of me. There was a producer, and in 1997 it was huge man in Brazil. And 
And I don't like this this album. Unfortunately, I don't like the album at all. I hate the album, to be honest. <laughs> and then, yeah, I never, man, I work with real musicians, no edits, no machines. There's machines, but machines that, I mean, I, I need the feeling of the human playing music because music for me comes from this. I never heard something um, like this colleges and things are like, oh, because there's always a mistake, a technical mistake regarding chords, harmony. That sometimes there's a chord on the background that, oh, there's something, oh, it's crashing, right? But it's okay. It's part of the the aesthetic of everything of nowadays and everything. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't want to sound like you know, like. No, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, everyone's got their own opinion. I think there's something. I mean, every time we kind of mention stuff about it, I think there's a lot of people that feel, at the moment, in and and from now onwards into the future, that, that with music, it's becoming too easy almost. Yeah, too easy. It's it's too easy to 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 take a to take two bars of something and add some some eight zero eight kick and then say, "Oh, it's mine." <laughs> I think it's too easy. But everybody loves, right? It's like this. People goes to Grammys and things. People are millionaires doing this. It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, maybe I'm too Leo, man. <laughs> I'm too. Leo. It must be mine. It but it must come from me. It must come from my mind, from my heart, from my intellect, from my experience. Not. I love Bernard Purdy. I'd like to learn with him. Not to steal him. I mean, that's what I think. That, what? Man, to, to have an idea, I love Steely Dan. I'm obsessed by Steely Dan. I think I, I like more Steely Dan than music. <laughs> But I don't play Steely Dan songs on the piano. I have the books here. I have the charts, everything. I don't play. And I, I mean, I'm usually influenced by them. Uh, uh, for arrangements, for or organizations and EQs, the way of, I mean, the way to, on how to treat an album. But, do you think, um, do you think Steely Dan's underrated? Oh, uh, no, people, people, people love Steely Dan. I mean, they, there's, there's a huge, they have a huge audience, I mean, in the US and blah, blah, blah. And, In inside studios, inside studios, if you if you go in Australia, Australia, Australia or Australia, man, Australia, how is spelled? Australia, Australia. Oh my God! So it's 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 the same as Portuguese, Australia. Yeah, there you go. It's I thought it was Australia, because Australia, Australia is easier. It's the same as uh, in Portuguese. In Portuguese, it's Australia. 
You are asking an Englishman who lives in Australia, so I don't know if I'm going to be the right person to ask because I've got a weird accent now. But <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, so, yeah, no, 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 I don't think they're underrated at all. I am underrated. Yeah, I am underrated. <laughs> I need, yeah, I am underrated here in South America, you know. But they are well. They are well. They are living in in midtown. <laughs> you, you, you've mentioned you mentioned a lot of kind of like soft rock. Rock. You mentioned like they're not crooners, but I guess the crooner part at the beginning there as well. But what genre of music do you feel like you have the least of in your record collection? Ah, uh, jazz. It's funny. It's more jazz. I have more jazz. I love lots of things. I have more jazz. I don't know from from any part of the world. From you, you say you 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 from UK. From UK, I have lots of rock and things that, that I grew up listening to. UK rock. I have lots of jazz from UK, jazz from Australia, jazz from from Japan, jazz from all over the globe, and the original USA jazz. Men like a, a fabric here. There's a there's a maybe yeah fifty percent or maybe more. Of, so I guess the, I guess the, I guess the least would be something. What is the antithesis of uh, uh, jazz? Is it something like a uh, heavy rock or something like that that you'd have the least of? Yeah, I have some some. Because it was the music uh, of my teenage years. It was my hip-hop, hard rock. So, Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy, uh, what else? Um, Humble Pie, this kind of thing. But more hard rock, not heavy, heavy Iron Maiden. I mean, I have one Iron Maiden here. But not this, this thing, not heavy metal. Hard rock, more hard rock, more until 1976. <laughs> from from 69 to 76, the rock from that period, rock that smells weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you, you were talking about the, the feel uh, as well, and jazz is a lot about it's a lot about feel. So I imagine small intimate gigs yeah. are kind of great for that. Given the chance, would you would you play in an arena to fifty thousand people or would you rather play in a gig with three hundred? And being really honest, I prefer to stay in my house. <laughs> I, really, really, I prefer to stay in my house, even for myself and to 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 see anything. Could be a, a lineup, lineup like John Coltrane, Wayne Shorter, Stevie Dan, Earth, Wind and Fire. Let's uh, okay. Thank you so much. I'm gonna watch that by the t by the TV in my house. Really, man. I, I, I oh my gosh, I have a huge difficulty with the concerts, like huge. So like you don't you don't you don't like or, getting you don't like getting 
you do do you do you, you don't like the touring component you love the writing the music part yeah yeah i love studio i'm a nerd i'm a nerd i love studio i love i love to be in my house to eat well to eat to to sleep in the same bed every day you know but it I mean, I'm saying this not because I'm 51. I'm <laughs> laughing and, and everything. I was all my life, all my life suffering man, on planes and making tours and not happy with this at all. Really not. I mean, it was the bread, the bread, the bread. That's it. I mean, not not being cold, but the bread. Because music for me is another thing. It's not playing live. It's not performing. I mean, it's not going to a place with lots of people buying drinks and talking together and wanting to flirt with each other. Jesus Christ, man, this is this is not art. <laughs> do you do you think this there's some people? Thing? Do you think there's some people that lie about that? Then, like that, you know, when some people kind of say. Oh, it's all about the the kind of gigging and the, and and getting out there and touring. Do you think there's some people that kind of l- lie about it because they know that that's what's going to make them money? Man, I think, of course, yes, money make you make more money playing live. Of course, people think on it too. But there's the thing about human being, human being buys a cigarette. The people need to smoke a cigarette in front of someone. You know, people need to see each other. You know, <laughs> to see each other and say hello, to say something. You know? And then I, I think there's this part of it, of, <laughs> of this necessity of meeting and, and, and hanging and being together and just, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I prefer to read. I prefer to, to watch movies instead of, man, instead of any great concert, really. So these interviews are perfect to, for you, Ed, as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> interviews like yours, it's like heavens, because we don't need to meet. I don't need to go to the place. Right, because it's something horrible to go to a radio or to something, you know. You need to go there, and then hi, how you doing? Yeah, we're here. And then I'm waiting for my taxi to come back to my hotel. Oh my gosh, I'm in my house. Not like imagine. Okay, I'm together with the record company and the press guy that takes care of the press, and then. Okay, Ed, it's time to go back to the hotel. My gosh, man. I, I oh my gosh. Thanks, COVID, for this. I, I I'm I'm sorry for the for, for, for the for, 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 it's horrible what happened. But my gosh, man, these years, these three years, the best years of my life, the COVID years, Jesus Christ. Man, without concerts, without Oh my gosh, it's like a paradise. But that's quite, it's, quite, it's quite refreshing to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> without concert, man, without, and now, 
that things are starting to 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 kind of come back to the normal. Not for me at all. I'm still using masks and things. And then, man, anything that I can't do, I say, oh, I can't because of the virus. Mm. It's too, it's still dangerous, you know. And then blah 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 blah. blah. Thank you. I cannot do it. You know, <laughs> I cannot meet you or something like this. That's, br- that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> you, you, so you're at home, like you, you know, you said like kind of COVID years has been good. I guess there's a lot of music that you've kind of been able to listen to, create, obviously come up with uh, new ideas as well. But if you, if you could, what's what's the kind of if you can only play like one instrument on your on your, your next re- next record like what's what's your favorite sound and what's what's kind of makes an Ed Motta track there's two things I mean that two different things a track my voice and a Fender Rhodes piano but in my house is the acoustic piano to write the songs is easier to write on the acoustic piano, and then you you move that to to Rhodes or to any other piano you want. But it's easier to to communicate. So it's it's the it's the way I write the songs, um, and yeah, the way I'm I'm releasing a new album now. Today is, I, I was mastering the new album. Yeah, the new album is coming out on. October, November of this year. And right. yeah, I was working hard, like one year recording and mixing and, and everything. And there's lots of things on this album. There's strings recorded in Prague, vocals recorded in, in US, mm-hmm. um, horns also there and in the rhythm section here in Brazil. So the other the other the other the other kind of thing that you've dabbled in as well and 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 done as well is you've you've kind of scored and produced uh soundtracks as well which is something else another kind of string to your bow and I, I wonder what's given your love for that kind of the the, the sound you're talking about is what's your favorite soundtrack Well there's many but yeah one of them is Jula Testa from Ennio Morricone, also Scorpio from Jerry Fielding, Jerry Fielding, Stavsky, Stavsky from uh, Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim wrote a soundtrack, and oh man, lots of yeah, there's lots of soundtracks I love. Things from Saul Kaplan. Oh, Henry Mancini, I love Mancini. Mancini, I love. I love so much. Yeah, lots of things from oh, Basio Dyrdin from UK, John Dankworth. Ah, lots of um, things. Oh, um, from, from Australia. What's the name of the band? Galapagos Duck. Galapagos Duck. There's a, there's a movie, The Removalists. I'm searching for this movie, man, on DVD. Yeah, the Removalists. 
Uh, it's an Australian Australian movie. Yeah. Yeah, right. I've never heard of that, so I'll definitely give it a look. <laughs> um, the uh, What do you think of the kind of new age soundtracks um, as well? Like, it, it's it's tricky because depending on what you read, you know, you, you think of like someone like Hans Zimmer, for instance, it's, it seems like a lot of people say, well, he's got a mountain of cash and he's got a lot of other people that work on it as well. So... Although he's yeah. he produces it, it's it, it there's there seems like more of a the ones that you've mentioned there. There's probably going to be more of a rawness and and more of an individual, yeah, uh, individual yeah. thing. I, do you know I, what I mean? I, yeah, I hear on the new soundtracks from I mean new movies. I'm I'm more into movies from 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 the past era. But for example, Guillermo del Toro, I like Guillermo del Toro movies. But the soundtracks, for example, when you hear a string session, there's always a keyboard together. There's always something electronic together. It's very rare to listen to the raw thing, to the real strings playing with some imperfections, which is, which is the thing, you know. And then now people use the synthesizers to remove the imperfections of the of the tuning. But for example, when you watch a movie from the forties or the thirties, that you hear, for example, a small a small group of musicians, and you hear that that small strange tuning that makes that that gives more charm gives more style i mean i, I have to 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 say that quote quote from Orson wells more than a lucky star we need style he has this quote on that movie the lady from the lady from shanghai with with rita hayward yeah it's beautiful yeah. We're coming to the end of the episode, Ed, and really, really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to me Super today. Nice. I've got a bit of a, I've got a bit of a last question. Brazilian legends: Sal Jorge, Jorge Benjour, Gilberto Gil. If you had to retire one, play one song for the rest of your life, and that's the only thing you could listen to, and you could work with one, who would who would you uh, who would you pick? Would be um, so you retire one, you play one song for the rest of your life, or you work with. Yeah, I I I I I would pick Tom Jobim, Louisa, to to play one song for the rest of your life. Yeah, and which I mean, one? And which I, one? If you had to, like out of the three, which one if, would you would you like to work with the most? Uh, to uh, 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 so George is, is a good friend of mine. I, I, I'm a I'm a big fan. He, his voice for me sounds like Gus Scott Heron. I like him a lot. Yeah, and I like him. And Gilberto Gil is pretty much he's coming to yeah, the end of his my, career. Yeah, yeah, not my yeah, no, it's cool. Not my cup of tea at all. It wasn't my cup of tea all of my life. Him and and George Ben too was never my cup of tea because it's more the rhythm thing. I mean, I'm. If I think on Brazilian music, I think Edu Lobo, Antonio Carlos Jobim, Milton Nascimento. I think the chords, 
the, the complex chord changes. I think more into this, because Brazil has more to do with DBC than Africa. But for a million percent, like it's pretty much more related to the Romantic French period, the chords and everything, seven major chords. Then the rhythm, I mean, the rhythm is great, but the rhythm, I mean, there's this rhythm here in Caribbean and percussions and everything. Okay, beautiful, it's nice. But yeah, there's something more complex, I think so, regarding Brazilian music. Um, Ed Mota, it's been great to speak to you. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. That's and cool, man. Good luck with cool. good luck with the next album. Um, good luck for you too. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, let's keep in touch, man. This podcast was edited by Podlike. We provide expert audio and video production for podcasters and content creators. Find out more at podlike.online.